say my name until the city burns and the stars fade away and your scars don't hurt i will hold you till the sun comes crashing down i'm yours until the end of time hey everyone welcome to the restored to more podcast a listener supported podcast that is dedicated to restoring marriages to wholeness in christ after being affected by pornography and sexual brokenness After betraying charity with pornography and unwanted sexual behavior, we had no idea how to rebuild our relationship or even if it was possible to restore what was broken. Today, by God's grace, we have learned how to connect again, laugh again, and rebuild spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy to an even greater experience than before. Our goal is that as you hear our story, the stories of others, and the knowledge needed to heal, you too can have a marriage that is becoming restored to more. I'm yours until the end of time. Update everyone. Course one registrations are back open. Whoop, whoop. This is an eight week course starting Thursday, September 14th. That is designed to help you and your spouse start the journey to becoming restored to more. It will be led by R2M certified coaches, Cody and Michelle Larson. We will be focusing on how to cultivate safety and trust, healthy communication, deal with triggers, and begin to discover how God can use crisis to create closeness. You can see all the details on our website and can register today at www.restoredtomore.com slash courses. Also, if you have appreciated this podcast, a great way to say thank you is leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. These reviews help more people find the podcast and experience hope and healing. Say my name until the city. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Restored Tomorrow. We are so excited for you guys to get to know our guest today, Dr. Corey Allen. Dr. Corey Allen is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a professional life and relationship coach. He's an author, blogger, speaker, husband, and father. His podcast, Sexy Marriage Radio, features straightforward, honest conversations about what goes on behind closed doors in your marriage. Corey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, This will be a fun conversation. I'm excited to join you guys. (laughs) Well, before our before we dive in and start talking about some questions and topics that we came up with, um, can you just share a little bit of um, your story so that our audience can get to know who you are, um, maybe like where this passion came from, and uh, why you like to talk about healthy marriage and sexy marriage? Okay. Well, how much time do we have? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so, I mean, I I went into the ministry coming out of undergrad. Uh, was was in ministry for six and a half years, left that to save my life and my marriage um, because of my own stupidity and mistakes um, with an emotional betrayal. Uh, that launched me on a journey of just kind of restoring my life, uh, rebuilding, be, being better. Um, also, my wife's, she offered the ring back during the midst of this uh, hole. And I told her, no, not yet. Let's mm. Let's let's give this a better run. Let me let me get my act together better. Wow. In a sense, um, then I always knew I would be heading into the uh, therapy field anyway. It's kind of part of my family of origin, um, with a father that taught psychology, a sister that's a social worker, and then the running joke is my mom's crazy, but <laughs> not not really. But it's just that idea of I, I knew that was going to be heading into that at some point, and so I uh, went back to school, uh, started. Uh, the practice I have in 2002, working with people individually, 
started blogging in 2008 because I wanted to reach people before there were problems because I literally had one night where I had four couples in a row and three of them ended their relationships in my office that night. Wow. And I don't think it was me that, that did that. I think it was just, I'm a big, huge proponent of people being honest. Wow. And cause I even think somebody that says I'm done, if that's true, honesty, that doesn't necessarily mean they're done. You know, mm-hmm. that they could all of a sudden, they just got that out in the open and then they rethink. And then, because we don't make big decisions like this quickly, at least mm-hmm. not without major ramifications. So I uh, started blogging. Um, and then four years, three years after that, uh, I noticed every time I wrote on the topic of sex, those were the most well-received and commented articles mm. that I wrote. So I found a colleague because I said, somebody needs to talk about married sex in a good value-based way. Because at the time, iTunes was littered. Well, what are you talking about at the time? It still is at the time. It's littered with a lot of uh, anything goes, not real value-based, mm. not, re- not Christian-based for sure yep. uh, in general. And so we started Sexy Marriage Radio in October 2011, I guess it was. And two co-hosts, you know, over the next six years. And then my wife has been my co-host the last three and a half. And we're coming up on 10 years as a show. And what started as a hobby is now a business. And Mm. it's a blast. And some of our most fun things we do are on the mic as you guys hopefully will get to feel and experience as you go along, because you get to create a relationship with people Mm -hmm. um, that they don't even know who you are, but they know you, you know, and and that's a, that's a fantastic uh, medium that still doing that. And then see clients um, virtually and see doing this the rest of my life. Mm. Your heart just is so evident in what you're doing, Corey. Like, I don't know, just, I know we barely know each other, but I can see like, wow, you're doing this because your motivation is to help people. You know, I love what you shared off air. We were just talking about, Hey, what are some of the tips? I mean, gosh, you've been doing this for 10 years. We could learn so much from you. And your advice of course is, Hey, just always be concerned about your audience. Always take them into, into your space and go, this isn't about a show and a production. This is about helping that one person that Mm -hmm. needs to hear something. And I just, I see that obviously it was like, it was a good word for us for sure as fellow podcasters, but it's just, it's who you are as a person. And it's really cool to see that for sure. Well, I'll, I'll acknowledge the underbelly of this too, because some of this is self-serving in the sense of doing sexy marriage radio helps has helped improve my marriage and sex mm. life too. So <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be honest about oh, that. Just seeing the transformation of my wife over the last three and a half years of talking about this. And I mean, cause I don't know, you guys maybe don't know the history of this, but for about a six to eight months in the first two years of sexy marriage radio, she couldn't even listen anymore because she heard a statement I made in a show about, I'm always looking to close. Mm. And that was just a statement I just made because it was, there was truth to it, Mm. but she then read anytime I was just being nice or taking the trash out of, Oh, he's just looking for sex in there. And it's like, well, yes, but there's more to it than Mm. that. And that's the kind of stuff I want us to talk about a lot with sexy marriage radio for sure is, there's a lot more going on than the simplistic ways we think of it. And so as we've gone on, some of this is us just living life on the air too, because it's us trying to be better too. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we start there? I know we have some, before we dive in a little bit, a lot of what we do with crisis to closeness with restored to more is talking about how as marriage, as a married couple, we are going to face different kinds of crisis. Some are going to be as huge as betrayal. Some are going to be an emotional betrayal, a sexual betrayal, 
like we went through for you guys. Do you mind elaborating on that a little more and how, how that actually brought you guys closer today versus ending in divorce? Well, I think a lot of it became a commitment to ourselves first and then each other, um, because I've realized, and I don't know, uh, Clinton, I don't know what your, what your whole story has been, but there's an element of this that when you hit a point where everything comes out, in my case, it was a disclosure. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was reading it and like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, she didn't know exactly, but she knew something. And I was like, here you go. You know, and I just, here we here it all comes. Right. And when I, after the dark of that and the dark night of the soul of that, there was just this tremendous realization of, I am not the man I want to be. This is, this is not who I want to be. Right. I'm made for more than this. I mean, you can put platitudes in there, but there was a guttural, no, (laughs) I got to get my life back in order. Forget my marriage at this point. This is about saving my life. And and so that's what kind of turned it. Cause then I started just doing some real heavy lifting for myself mm-hmm. on restoring life with God, restoring life as, as just a human being, uh, mm-hmm. restoring life as a man and a, and a, a, wife, a husband to a wife and a son to my parents, you know, just mm-hmm. getting life back to who I needed to be and, and become, which then put pressure on her mm-hmm. to, okay, wait, if he's getting his act together, mm-hmm. what am I doing? You know, cause I believe relationship dynamics are co-created the crap that happens within them are chosen by each individual but in our case i had a mistress of a youth group and my wife had a mistress of of a work Mm. and we had just kind of evolved to where we were just co-create you know coexisting Mm. wow and so that makes that makes it really ripe for stupid things to happen yeah and and so by just dealing with that and then starting to deal with each other better Mm. um because I have, I have a fundamental belief that's uh, the professional belief I have is that marriage is designed to help us grow up, period. Mm. That's the whole reason it exists. Wow. It's not for happiness. Wow. <laughs> happiness is a horrible place to find, to go to. Your marriage is a horrible place to find mm. happiness. <laughs> okay, we got to talk about that like right now, right? You can't just you can't just throw that out there, Corey, and be like, all right, we're just going to move on. Like, whoa, wait a minute. We're, well, in the, we're in the Christian world where mm. a lot of our audience is Christians. And even have singles listen to our podcast who are told, if yep. I get married, I'm going to have, ha- I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have, I, I finally can engage in sex. all of my ills yes. in life. A hundred percent. And so, okay, wait a minute. Let's go back. Rewind. <laughs> Let's go back to what you just said there. How in the world did you get there? And what does that mean? That marriage wasn't created for happiness, but it's created for us to grow up. You got to expand so- on that. So biblically speaking, I believe God cares more about our character and mm. our wisdom development than he does our happiness in a good time here on earth. Mm. I mean, if you take any kind of scripture you want that talks about what's the purpose of a, per- of a, of a person, that's what he's talking about in large aspects. So I think of it as, yes, I want the other things that come with it, the joy, the affection, the love, the sex, the camaraderie, the friendship. I want that. That's that's part of our nature and who we are. But if I'm expecting that from my spouse, I'm expecting disappointment. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get further into marriage and what I like about you guys is angle of the idea of there's something else going on in crisis that's going to create intimacy you can then dovetail in this idea that intimacy is just as likely to be uncomfortable as it is comfortable. Yeah. And so the times where you really do at your wits end and you hate each other 
and you're just, you know, you're just gripping on. I don't even know if I can handle it. That's actually truly intimate moments. Mm. We don't think of it that way though. No, mm-hmm. we don't. Because we want to romanticize in Disneyland that yeah. stuff all the time when that's not really what it is. Cause intimacy is being known mm. and knowing. Mm. And so there's two sides to this coin. And so the more you get into relationships with each other and the same person, even with marriage, the more you're going to find about them that's either going to scare you, mm. disappoint you, frustrate you because they don't want what you want. Mm. And that's normal. You know, that's that's married life. Mm. So wait, Corey, so we shouldn't just get divorced when I find things out about charity that I don't See, like I, or that's scary. I actually this was a funny conversation um, at, just the other day with my sister-in-law and my daughter okay. were in the room and we were talking with my sister-in-law about our struggles with Instagram and social media and how we're kind of pulling back right now and likely going to just go away completely, but pulling back for right now because it's too prepackaged, fix it quick kind of a mentality. Mm. And my daughter is huge in Instagram. She's actually helped get me up to speed on mm. learning Instagram. I was like, she's my expert. Right. Yeah, right. On. And so as I'm talking to my sister-in-law about it, who divorced after a 30 year marriage, mm. And, you know, she's two and a half years, three years out of that. And we're just talking. I just made a comment of, you know, my message, my audience for Sexy Marriage Radio are the people that have woken up and looked at their spouse and go, I wonder if I made a mistake Mm. or I don't think I really like you anymore. I don't. And that's that's when married life begins to me. That's when it really becomes the commitment mechanism Mm. of, okay, what's going on here? Because this isn't just about a good time now. That most of what we want is what we get at the very beginning when we're ideal, ideal, idealistically distorted mm. on each other mm. and we're euphorically high mm. on each other mm. and you can do no wrong and you've met each other's marketing departments and you mm. like those parts, but you mm. don't like the back office parts. Mm. Mm. Once you meet the back office, that's when you decide. What's really going on here? And that's, that's where it's a good, good analogy of marketing because every product has that, right? And there's yep. like, man, all you see is the commercial and the flashy lights and, and the exciting actors. And you're like, wow, this is legit. And then you go back behind the scenes, you're like, wait, what's going on back here? What's in this yeah, back but, office part? Uh, you know, Clinton, gen- charity has got the, a janitorial department in the back that you're probably not going to really like it. <laughs> man, that is really intense. And same that's a same good for analogy. you with yeah. her. I mean, yeah. That's that's the reality of it. That, yeah. Wait, you mean you don't like Chinese food? I thought you. <laughs> that's a real thing, Corey. I love Chinese food. Charity hates it. That is a legit concern. We need to t- we need to book a session and talk about that after this call. Oh <laughs> but I love what you're saying. I mean, my gosh, that is so countercultural. Yeah. I think, Corey, when, when rubber hits the road and we find disconnects, that means maybe I did get with the wrong person. Yeah. Not, wow, now there's a chance for marriage to get started. I mean, that okay, would... But what's, but what's so interesting in that, man, yeah. is what is it that keeps us from asking the question, maybe I'm the wrong person mm. in those scenarios. Mm. Maybe yeah. what I want isn't actually what I need mm. or is good for me or... You know, it's just, I could ask so many better questions mm. if I'll take the courage to ask and, or the, and it truly is courage because the people, my clients are some of the most courageous people on the face mm. of the planet mm. because they're willing to ask the really tough questions mm. of themselves. Wow. And what I hear you saying is that's when it goes to covenant. That's yeah. when it goes to commitment yeah, more mm-hmm. than happiness. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? How much mm-hmm. does a covenant 
play a part in us choosing to analyze our own selves versus point the finger and all those things. Well, that's where that's the same kind of thing that I, that I was alluding to that I've kind of just went through on my own. Now I look back on it, it wasn't a conscious choice mm. of of me kind of I got to save my own life in a sense. It was kind of looking back on it like that's what I did mm. actually. And it's that idea of I've made this commitment to marriage, not just to my wife Pam, to myself too. Wow. Right? So it's it's going on on both sides. Mm-hmm. That I'm committing to show up every single day. I mean, we're we're getting ready. Man, we're 28 and a half years into this thing, mm-hmm. she and I with marriage. And every day is a choice. Wow. Just like it was in day two and three and four, right? And so it's just, do I show up every day? Do I bring me every day? And when mm-hmm. I do that, I put better pressure because that's the thing most people think we can avoid the pressure mm-hmm. that comes in marriage. And you just really can't. Mm-hmm. How do I just make it cleaner? How mm. do I just be more honest? And mm. that's what crisis reveals in us. Mm. So good. Yeah, I think um, just coming from like our personal experience is when Clinton reveals something in the back office that I don't like and it's not pretty, I think it also reveals something that I don't like about myself in my back office. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. so... I get uncomfortable with that and I don't want to go there because it's too painful or fearful and it reveals something about me that I don't like. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think it just, it, it goes along with what you're saying is, you know, it's asking the question. I think sometimes we're so quick to point and to blame rather than to analyze like, well, why, you know, what is this saying about me mm-hmm. and um, how can we come together rather than blame and then go apart? Right. That's, that's the phrase that, you know, uh, our marriage, our spouse is a really finely tuned mirror of ourselves. Mm. And when I get these things like you're describing charity that are something revealing of me, I blame him for even bringing a mirror mm-hmm. to the equation. How dare you rather than no, that's you. Mm. And I, I love the idea. I, well, I, I say this kiddingly, I guess I love, and I hate the idea that my wife requires more of me mm. And she's there, her responsibility, if you will, quote unquote, is to help me grow up by just Mm. being around. Mm. And when she takes a break, my kids step in and challenging me to grow up Mm. because they are mirrors of me Mm. too. You know, they are exactly like me in some ways. And some of that I'm proud of. And some of that I'm like, no, you got that from your mom. (laughs) Right. Totally. (laughs) Because I don't like that. I didn't like that part of me. Yes. You know, man, I thought, you know, but it's just something, it's inescapable that, They'll get the good, they'll get the bad. Yeah. And the best thing I can do is show up and be responsible for me mm-hmm. better. So unfortunately, we live in a culture that tells us it's all about our comfort mm-hmm. and all about our pleasure. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe we are open to motivational speakers and motivational YouTube videos in the area of performance for our jobs or for our incomes. But I don't think there is a talk that we're giving married couples on you're going to be uncomfortable most of the time and that's okay. And you're about character development. And so I'm just like, wow, like as a culture, this conversation Mm. seems like it's easy to kind of grab it and crumble it up and just, let's just toss it out the window. And who cares if we litter here? Because this is not a conversation that makes any of us feel good. I'm like, man, Corey, I don't know if I like this conversation right now. Talk about that for a little bit. How do we, how do we overcome that as like, Ooh, ouch, you're kind of hurting me here. Well, I, 
I use it more in the sense, this is what I do in the therapy practice and the coaching practice I have. If I use it to just, I feel like my job is to help people get a better picture of what's going on mm. so they can make better choices accordingly. Because mm. most often we've skewed it. We've reframed it to our advantage. We've placed blame. We've done whatever. Mm. And some of that's just a le legitimate, this is what I've done all my life and my family did it and on and on it goes versus, no, here's what you're really facing. Now, what do you want to do about it? Mm. And I think in some regards, when people take the moment to hear it, the best in them rises up and they're like, you're right. Mm. You know, that's one of some of my favorite emails I've gotten over the course of SMR is, you know, I found you because I was trying to figure out a way how to get laid more often or to get my wife on board for sex or even my husband on board for sex more. And I'll be frank, Corey, after like three weeks, I hated you <laughs> because you weren't going that way at all mm. until I finally started realizing mm. this is me. Mm. I'm getting wow. in my own way. Mm. Wow. I got to figure out how to do this different. Wow. And then all of a sudden it clicks and something changes because we all of a sudden have responsibility for ourselves differently, mm. which we've had that all along. Wow. And, you know, I, I love the, I have a lot of truisms and phrases in my life. And one of them I love is you may not be to blame for what happens in your life, but you are responsible. Mm. And that's life right there. Wow. Cause I would love to know what would have happened to the nation, to the creation story after Eve <laughs> was tricked. Wow. handed handed the fruit to adam he took it and then god comes walking later in the day i love that phrase and he's like hiding yeah where are you mm. like he doesn't know and <laughs> and adam like well what happened and if adam goes you know what god that's on me that that was on me wow. i didn't I, I screwed that one dude mm. that's on me sorry wow. it's not don't blame her take i'll take it all you know just kind of owned it took mm. responsibility for it what would have happened? <laughs> Someone else would have come along and <laughs> right and lied and obfuscated and done all that stuff mm. too. But it's just it's in our nature. So how do we go against that? How do we mm. how do we avoid that blame game and just see it as life is so much better when you're responsible for stuff? Wow. I'm so guilty of this. I'm sitting here like, man, I'm so guilty of going to charity and I going to counseling and me sitting there and blaming mm. her on stuff or even I mean it's crazy. I'm just yeah. being totally honest, even in the midst of recovery. Here I am. I'm the one that betrayed charity sexually. I'm in these 12 step groups. I'm seeing a therapist. I'm seeing all these people. I'm going to my sponsor. And how many of those conversations was like, yeah, man, I'm doing a, I'm doing a really good job in my recovery, but I got to tell you, like charity is the one holding us back. And, and I just, and I'm, I'm sad saying that. Dang it. I'm sorry, yeah. charity. You have to get again. But I want to ask you a question, Corey, what happens in a relationship when we assume responsibility. Like what happens? What are the outcomes that we can be like, Hey, this is why you want to do this. The easiest description is all of a sudden now you start to face clean pain. Mm. Explain that. What does that mean? <clears throat> because what, what you just described Clinton was this idea of the more I avoid the dirt that I've created in my own life and blame it on other people. I just create things that fester. Mm. Mm. But owning your side of an equation, it still has pain. Mm. Mm. It's, I mean, if, if you're going to deal with a fallenness and you're going to deal with brokenness and you're going to deal with our stupidity mm. as human beings, there's pain. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. I say, I mean, on, a, on a, a lighter way, when 
when you finally get up the courage again to say, Hey, charity, let's go get Chinese food. And she's like, no, there's pain (laughs) in that. It's, it's kind of a lighter on the scale, but because you've, you've got this idealized, but we could just, you know, have our interlocking chopsticks and, and meet together with the noodles and that, you know, yeah. And, and reenact like the, 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 lady, in the lady in the tramp. Lady with, in the tramp. That's with, where I was come going. On, well yeah, come but on. It's, I, I dated myself there and you guys, I'm glad you guys could keep up with that. Of course you got little ones, so you got it. But, yeah. but it's just the idea of we get these romanticized views that if I can own my side of it, there's mm. still sometimes pain. When I tell my wife, I'm not interested in whatever, mm. There can be pain in that, Mm -hmm. but it's clean if it's me truly showing up and consistently being engaged, presenting something worth wanting and a value to choose. Because the the biggest issue I hear to kind of build off of your statement of charities holding us back mentality is, you know, if you're talking about that in a sexual arena, well, what is it that keeps you from asking yourself the question of, is what I'm offering even worth having sex with? Mm. Or is it wow. one-sided is it just about my needs or is it am i really a giving engaged for more than just the orgasm mm. component and more because there's so much more going on than just a penis and a vagina mm. you know there's the people those things are attached to yeah. that's what creates the best sex wow. mm. uh, we get that all the time yeah Go ahead, sir. Uh, let's let's stay on the sex topic because I I heard you talk about this and I wanted um, to talk about this more in depth. I've heard you say that um, when sex gets uncomfortable, then like you get uncomfortable and you have an opportunity right then and there to continue to have sex, even though you see that your partner is disengaged and yeah. not there physically anymore. And you have the opportunity to continue to have sex with them until climax and then just like pretend maybe that nothing happened. Um, Or you have the opportunity to stop sex and like just confront it. Can we just like talk about that? And yeah, um, yeah. just as a qualifier, because I'll hear this as I got to I got to cover gaps for just because people hear what they hear. Yeah. Uh, When you're talking about uncomfortable, I'm not talking about physical. Thank you. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Because if if there is physical discomfort on male or female side, because this happens on both sides, not talked about very often, but there are men that experience pain with erections at Mm. times. And some of them are like, but I, you know, dude, no, Mm -hmm. that's creating additional little traumas in you that will, that will cause problems in the long run. And for sure with women grinning and bear it, no, speak up, come up with something else. There's better lubes out there. There's practices, techniques, pelvic floor exercise, there's a lot of different things you can do. But when you're talking about a emotional discomfort or a mental discomfort, even, even a spiritual discomfort can come along with this whole thing. Yes. Um, there is this element of we have a map of each other in the midst of sex of how to get job, get the job done reliably most regular times, right? We know these maps. And so it's just a question of, do you each show up or not? And mm-hmm. if you recognize your partner's just going through the motions or is offering up less than or whatever, it is a tremendously courageous moment to be able to stop and say, mm-hmm. uh, where are you? <laughs> what's mm. going on? You know, oh. and I, that's incredibly hard to do when you're inside a woman, mm. you know, yeah. or she's on top of him and you're like, where'd you go? And I'm like, mm. I'm right here. No, you're not right here. Mm. You're going to ruin the sexual encounter right then mm. for that moment. Mm. But if you both take growth steps and are responsible and say, 
you know what? I checked out. I'm sorry. Uh, let me, let's back up a little bit. Now all of a sudden you got a whole another option yeah. or I'm just not there. You're welcome to do mm. something. If you want to finish, you're welcome. That's a whole, at least you're honoring what's there mm. because too often when the man's the higher desire, he just settles for really bad sex without even recognizing mm. he's part of the problem. Yeah. It's not just the fact she's not interested in sex. She's not interested in sex is bad. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So there's a difference. That's just yeah. masturbating without your hands in that regard. Yes. Wow. So it's like, okay, but if she's going to really step up to that, she has to really in, in embrace and experience what's this really about for me? Mm. Maybe she's never asked herself those questions because mm. a lot of Christian women have never really explored their sexuality to what it really can be mm. out of fear, uncertainty, bad messages, whatever. Mm-hmm. Recognize the power. I call it the feminine superpower that they have. Mm. Of man, there is so much she can experience that's beyond just bodily. Mm. Yeah. And she's got to embrace that and ask the tough questions versus the guys too often. They just think of it as a means to an end rather than what are they really bringing? Mm. Who are they? Wow. In this process. Wow. Yeah, it's making us take that second glance instead of like, pointing the finger again, it goes back to, Hey, what am I bringing to the table here? Am I bringing something that is intimate and that is special? And I just, I can really appreciate that. I don't know if I have a question to follow up with that, but I'm like, well, but this is also more than what you do or don't do. This is who you each are. Mm. Right. And I think that's the growth process right Mm. there that I, I term it as the the best sex that happens in marriage or great sex in marriage are couples that recover well. Mm. Because you're going to try something and it fails, but does it ruin it or do you recover? Mm. You're going to try something and it started well. And then one of you lost your mojo mm. or you pulled a hamstring or, you know, your hip yeah. hurts yeah. Or, yes. or you're no longer lubricated oh or gosh. your erection gets a little softer than you thought. I mean, because mm. all that crap happens Yes, in, yeah. in normal human beings. It yes. happens. Yes. And so can you recover and go, wait, hold on. I mean, one of the scariest things my wife has ever said to me in this arena was after our normal interlude of sex was done, which was me and I was done. She said, you're not done. Mm. And it's like, excuse me. Oh, okay. And it was a swallow. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> let's go then. We'll figure something out, you know, wow. cause that just pushed me beyond what I thought I could or couldn't do. And, cause mm. it was different. Mm. I'd never done wow. that before. And like, well, okay. Wow. Now it's something different. Wow. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about that, man. We, <laughs> it's so funny to go, man, we, we always make jokes and there are intimate moments, which I wouldn't share on the podcast per se, but then intimate moment. And we're like, man, they never talk about this in the movies. And that's like our, that's like our phrase. Like they never yes. talk about this part in the movies. Yes. And, uh, and it's something hilarious. We start, it's like, it just kind of normalizes it. And then we just laugh about it. And, and I think that builds an intimacy. That's what I hear you saying. Like that actually builds an intimacy right there versus mm-hmm. like, oh man, like, should we keep mm. going? Should we stop? Should we just give up today? Should we just like avoid that? And mm. I think like, that's what I hear you saying. Like, wow, there's actually an opportunity there versus an yep. obligation to run away or just compare it to what we see out there. I appreciate you brought up social media on the quick fix stuff. Let's also compare sex as normal human beings compared to what we see all day long in media, in music videos, in TV, in social media posts. I mean, all these things make it sound like it's completely effortless to have good sex. And if it's not, <laughs> right. something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, 
it's I mean, I've never seen a movie depict morning breath. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like you're rolling over like, I'm so, oh, no, I just yes. lost it. I'm out. You know? <laughs> that's real life. Yep. Yes. That's why you have Altoids and stuff right there beside the bed. Smart like, move. Like position that works, yeah. but it's yeah. still just, that's not stuff that's talked about that mm-hmm. most everybody is. And plus, nobody talks about the politics of the wet spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can frame it that way and you're yeah. talking about a whole, whole different os- aspect Wow. of marriage. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's so much more going on. And part of our mission with SMR and sounds like you guys is meshing with restored to more. Absolutely. Is um, let's talk about what's normal. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what happens to everybody. And it's not catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I mean, most of the time I can hear a couple's client, a couple clients story. And after hearing it all, I can look at them and go, what else you got? Cause mm-hmm. this is largely fairly normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, welcome to marriage. I hate mm. to burst the bubble, but yeah, yeah it's, wow. it's true. You know, it's going to happen. So what else you got? And yeah. then we keep, we keep talking and normalize it and frame it something that makes it a little more palatable or then they start recognize their own role in it. And that changes their path and trajectory. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we get this also? Like, how do we, how do we hear that it's about us becoming the best person in our character, but also not make it about performance sex? where we bring this performance attitude into the bedroom where if, she, you know, I, I got to perform well and that normally I, f- I feel like most guys I talk to performance is not only for us to orgasm, but it's to get her to orgasm. And so we're like hypersensitive to everything they're doing to make sure that they're enjoying every minute of it. And it can kind of be exhausting. It can feel kind of transactional almost versus intimate. I don't know if you get that question a lot, but I feel oh, like, Oh no, no, I, that's, that's the way a lot of couples have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay is is there scripts that go on and it's it's spectatoring mm. on one or both sides of i'm just focusing on am i playing the right role am mm. i doing yeah. the right thing was she liking this is she not liking that you know or you get to the thing charity described of you just disconnect because i can't be too close because i you're you're taking away my mojo yeah. when i read your face is not into this mm. um you know we want to feed off each other in good ways not bad mm. yeah. but they happen all the time in both ways in, in most sexual encounters. Mm. Um, so I, I guess it just comes down to how do you start to look at this as what's this exposing about me? Mm. What do I have attached to the idea of, can I reach an orgasm in a certain way? Can I make her reach an orgasm in a certain way? I actually just got an email the other day about my husband's all disappointed because we don't have simultaneous orgasms. And he said mm-hmm. he had that with a prior girl and it was fantastic. And, I, and I'm like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. What's the, what is the coup de gras about that mm-hmm. versus did you really connect? Cause mm-hmm. you can have fantastic sexual encounters that neither one of you orgasm mm-hmm. and they're still great encounters mm-hmm. with each other. Cause you learned something. It was enjoyable is a, you know, whatever it could be, there's a lot of different meanings we can attach to it. And so sex is a fascinating way to learn the whole role simultaneously of giving and receiving. Mm. And most human beings have real trouble receiving. They won't admit that to themselves, but we do. Mm. And so it's that idea of how do I just take back and enjoy what's being offered to me at the same time as giving what I want to offer. And that's some of the best intimate sex you can have because Mm. it truly is kind of a dance. It's an art, Mm. 
but most couples, you know, we dumb it down to what gets the job done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure. I touch you like this. You touch me like that done. Now we can move on to go watch the next binge episode of whatever Yeah. and, or eat, you know, (laughs) or go to sleep rather than, well, what if this was something a little more creative, a little more spontaneous and, Mm. What we don't realize is when I do that, it's going to create anxieties in us. And that usually stops us. Mm. Wow. You have something to share? Mm. I was going to, I was going to ask you, Corey, as it pertains to Christian marriages, what are you seeing the most being the dilemma? Is it even starting this conversation? Is it the fact that the church isn't talking about it and they feel Mm. isolated in their pain? Is it that they don't know what's holy and what's not holy what do you feel like is the issue with Christian marriages and why they have to let it get so bad before they're coming to you in such a large crisis? I think there's a lot of things. One of them is the church has handled this so poorly mm. by not handling it, mm. uh, not addressing it, not talking about it, or the typical what I was raised in, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, you said I do have a blast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't overcome that amount of anxiety. Mm. Wow. I mean, it's all right. Sex, you know, anytime there's nakedness going on, there's already levels of anxiety. Mm. Yeah. Know? So yeah. it's just recognizing, okay, wait, it's just that kind of anxiety. We think of it as excitement, mm. but it's still anxiety. So the church, we, we just haven't done real well in talking about it. Uh, it hasn't been talked about well in families um, to be able to be upfront have parents have conversations with their kids about appropriate net body part names, mm. appropriate touch, um, appropriate relationships, what this actually is, um, what, what the whole concept of it all is. Um, and then the other thing is I think we all come in where we have put an expectation mm. of it will solve all my ills, mm. right? That wow. if I had a porn problem before, which was mine, when I could actually have sex, it'd go away. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a whole, it's a whole, you know, poor never says no. My mm-hmm. wife would. And mm-hmm. uh oh, now what do I do? Well, that's a me problem, not a her yeah. problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of looking at it as all of this stuff is exposing me. And we don't often think of it that way. And so what I have found with SMR and what hopefully you guys find is once you can kind of get a fingernail in that door with them, there's a, Ah, they just kind of relax mm-hmm. and like, okay, you mean it's not wrong mm-hmm. that this didn't go well and we only having sex this amount of times and we can only orgasm this way. And no, there's nothing wrong. Wow. Now it's just a question of, can you build something from that? Can you, you know, can you look at it a little different mm. and create what you want it to be? Maybe. Wow. Ah, I love that. That mm. makes me excited for things like SMR. Cause I feel like that's, that's our heartbeat too. Mm. Like if more people would just start their own journey, then we yeah. could ha- do the preventative work because the preventative work is our kids, right? It's our yeah. kids that are being raised in this culture. And are we, we can't expect everybody else to disciple our kids in this area if we aren't on a journey of being discipled in this area. And right. That's what I hear you saying. Right. And, and we have to model a vibrant marriage. Mm. We, have, we have to model a, and this, I get in trouble for this, but we have to model a sexual marriage mm-hmm. and I don't mean they know what's going on and it's flippantly flaunted oh. and, but there's locks on master bedroom doors in most homes in America for a reason, mm-hmm. use them yeah, and tell kids, no, this is mommy and daddy time. This is adult time. Mm. 
and go on dates and tell them that like, no, this is us. We are getting away from you for, for a little while. That is okay. Cause this is adults only time. And, mm-hmm. you know, just having that kind of willingness to show I'm into my spouse does so much for the stability of a kid mm-hmm. in the long run and the mm-hmm. health of a kid in the long run. Cause mm-hmm. then they have something to aspire for. I mean, I hope my, my daughter has the Dax deck so much against her in a sense of what I'm trying, the bar I'm trying to set and how I live my life. That if she wants to find somebody like me, I hope that's really, really high. Mm -hmm. The advantage I've got is I'm 50, you know, whoever she's meeting is 17. So he doesn't know what he's doing and who he is in life yet, but neither does she, but it's still that element of, okay, hold on. There's something bigger going on Mm -hmm. here. And how am I living and modeling that mm. as well as talking about it? Yeah. So good. Wow. I love that. We I, took so yeah. many notes. That's just cleanse. Uh, I, I ran out of paper like churning. You know, I was like literally like, I need, I need more paper to write on here. <laughs> and uh, I, I just love that. I think there, unfortunately, there are too many young people that don't see that example and they're giving up on marriage. Yeah. And well, there's that, but there's also something I thought of this earlier. I need to put it in just because yeah. I think it's worth it. Because, because one of the things that comes up is, is how do you talk about the aspect of sex mm. in a Christian, in a Christian realm? Yeah. 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 And it's, there's just not enough honest conversation about yeah. it because yes, is it blessed and sacred and a profound thing? Absolutely. Is it also dangerous and scary? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that way in marriage too. Yeah. There's a lot of pain that comes from this in married life, right? There's a lot of real ugly things that happen in marriage too. Mm. But it's just, how do we talk about one, the mechanics of it better and the aspects of it and the sacredness of it better, but also touch on the profoundness. I mean, I think the best sex education there needs to be, and I'll say this to my kids, you know what? Your mom and I have been banging away at each other for 28 years and we still haven't figured it out, Mm. right? Because we haven't. As soon as you think something, you got it. Oh, hey, we can make this happen. I know this. You'll she'll, this will send her through the roof. And then three well, times later, it's like it did nothing. Like, <laughs> what happened? You know, I don't know. She doesn't know. It's just like, well, dang it, you know. Well, okay. And then all of a sudden, there's something I didn't even know we could do that. You know, and mm. it's just there's so much more than just the biological happening. Mm. That that's how we how do we kind of drip feed that in yeah. a sense of just talking about. This is something to honor, mm. but also realize we don't ever necessarily master. Mm. It's just something a whole lot of fun to try. Mm. I, <laughs> I think that. that really creates though, a, like an open conversation to, for understanding and it kind of right. removes the performance because then I think if we always are like, I think, and this is kind of part of what we were raised in a culture of adults saying, oh man, sex is always awesome. And we're like, wow, well, our sex no, isn't awesome. Not. So what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. And if you're saying that to your kids, like, you know, honestly, there's things we do that eh, we had to toss that one out. That didn't work out. Yeah. That's like, oh, there's room for error. There's yeah. room for mistakes. There's room for not enjoyable moments in sex. And I, I can appreciate that big time. And, and you also oh, have a sweet. tremendous amount of teachable moments mm. with kids. You know, we're, we're watching Ted Lasso with our kids right now because they're teenagers. And so we're working our way through it. And there's all kinds of stuff. There's not anywhere close to our values. Sure. Right. In that show. But we take a moment of after it and like, okay, hold on. Mm. What was being portrayed there? Mm. What do you think? Where is that? Where are we at? What do we think? You know, because 
our values are not something I can teach my kids. They catch it. Mm. Um, am I living it? And am I talking about it? I can't pound it in. Mm. Right. And so it's just, there's all kinds of this dialogue you can have all the way through. Doesn't matter the age of the kid. You can always have a dialogue about, wait, there's something more. There's mm. something a little deeper we could experience. And the more you can kind of keep doing that, I think the more consistent we can be and the better everybody can be. Mm. Wow. Um, I, I just want to say one thing that made me think when you guys are talking is, you know, if we normalize the conversation about married sex, specifically with our children, I just think, wow, the realistic expectations that they're going to have going into marriage is going to be way healthier than yep. saying, oh, yeah, marriage is great rather than like, and it's amazing and it is amazing and it is good. But there is also like learning and it's not roses all the time and you know fantasy because then if they when they are exposed to pornography because i believe it's just a matter of it's not if it's when when they are exposed they they're gonna be like wait a second why is pornography always like performance and there's always you know Mm, this this perfection there's never error for wrong there's never Mm -hmm. error for like mistake and so then they're gonna be like okay either mommy and daddy are lying or pornography is lying. Right. Good. But Good. if we right. don't have those conversations, then they yeah. are going to have unrealistic, unhealthy expectations when they get married. One of the, one of the best things that just happened, um, as far as what I've heard from listeners, is we did the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway this past summer, which mm. was uh, our fifth time. We are six months coming up next year in Indianapolis. Wow. And we had a couple there that he had just performed the weekend before um, his son's wedding. Mm. And in the wedding, in the, in the, in the vows, he slipped in. I promise to love you even when I don't like you. Cause that's one of my phrases mm-hmm. because there are times where I'm not going to like my spouse and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Love can see us through. If I have a commitment, like we talked about earlier of a commitment to the marriage of my doing, and then a commitment to the person I'm married to mm-hmm. those both go in simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But then while we were at the getaway, the, the, the new sister, the new daughter-in-law called mother-in-law mm. and just said there's something wrong we're this is mm. painful mm. it i mean just totally i was open with wow. her and they were in tears telling me this mm. wow. like wow. it was so great because then he got to get on the son on mm. the phone with his son mm. and just say okay talk wow. me through it what are you experiencing wow. what, hey, you, you you can stop mm. don't think you have to do this it's your honeymoon it's okay you got the mm. rest of your life and that's just a normalizing wow. of most people's honeymoon experiences are catastrophic yeah actually and they're traumatic and they, they, they started no let's not talk about it all of tra- right. trauma sexually right. like you're talking about or it's it couldn't even come close to living up to the expectation yeah. they had mm. and so they come home defeated yeah. and they're like oh this is you know and then it's a fight it should be that hard yeah. well yes it's gonna be that hard mm-hmm. you both don't have a clue what you're doing yeah. she's not used to letting somebody in there regularly you're not used to somebody having access to you, even though you've maybe wanted it all your life. Mm. You know, in reality, you probably have it. And it's just, there's deeper stuff being exposed. And the Mm. more we can just kind of, Hey, let's talk about this. You can level set some of it, but most of it, you got to experience it. And then what do Mm. I do to deal with it better? Gosh, what a dream. I I pray our kids reach out. (laughs) Yes. yes. I do too, man. Wow. Yep. Well, Corey, too, how can our listeners get well. more? Pl- I want to know how our listeners can get more plugged in to everything you're doing. I just think this was an amazing conversation. I want them to, we're obviously going to put stuff in the show notes, but sure. just for those who are listening only, talk to us. How can they get plugged into all you guys are doing? 
So Sexy Marriage Radio is the podcast. Uh, you can search anywhere podcasts are found. Put that in and you'll find it. Um, smrnation.com is the one-stop shop for everything I do. Um, there's also a community that's built into it. That's its own little network, if you will. It's free to join on some levels. And there's a vibrant, real supportive community that answers these kinds of questions regularly, as well as me, that people speak up about. Hey, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. This just happened. What about that? Share resources. And so we're just trying to create a place that uh, allows people to really feel heard and supported and give them hope Mm -hmm. (laughs) to what's going on in marriage to see it as, wait, this can be more, this, Mm -hmm. this can be better. And how, how am I getting in my own way? And so we cut, we do shows every Wednesdays is when they come out hump day, you know, come on. I love it. Corey, thank you for being with us. It has been an incredible interview. I'm just so grateful for the time you spent with Restored to More. Thank you so much. Thank you. Blessings on you guys and your mission. Thank you. I'm yours until the end of time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, follow us on Instagram, and sign up for the upcoming course. You can also connect with us on the Ask Us Anything page at RestoredToMore.com. Also, quick note. All the work at Restored to More Inc., including this podcast, is made possible by our donors and financial partners. We wouldn't be here without those who have generously given to the cause of restoration. If you ever feel led to give, you can do so on the donate page on our website. 